Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13. I've heard my pastor, Gene Harmon, say this many a times over the 23 years that I've attended services here at Rescue. Oh, how I pray for you folks. I pray for myself a lot because I see my weaknesses more than I see yours. And I thank God for that. I don't want to see yours. Mine are ugly enough for me to look at. But I know you have them. I know you deal with them like I do with mine and like all of God's people have since the beginning of time. In our Friday night study, we read from the 23rd Psalm where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be found wanting. not easy for some men to admit this but I'm thankful that I'm a sheep <laughs> I'm thankful I'm a sheep I have been reminded much late recently That's exactly what I am. And I thank my Lord for reminding me of these things. Reminding me that I need something stronger than me. Reminding me that the only thing that I can find that is strong enough to get me through is He who has all strength. Reminding me that I need to look to Him. You know, you think I stand here sometimes and just say that. But I mean it from my heart. And I know you folks deal with these same things in our flesh and I know it's hard for you as it is for me I like being a sheep sheep are known for their desire to be led and I like the fact that my Lord leads me even when I don't know it it's the nature of the sheep If they're not tended to, they'll scatter. It is my desire, my prayer, that our Lord, our great Shepherd, would be pleased to bring peace to our hearts this morning. I pray the Lord has a message for you. And I pray you came here this morning seeking a message from Him. 
pray that you'll bring peace to our hearts in these troubled times. And I'm not talking, to be honest with you, about the troubled things that we see in the world. I'm talking about the troubled times that we deal with right here within ourselves. It's my prayer that our great caretaker would bring his sheep together. It is my prayer, as it is with all of the sheep of God, that his word will go out and not return void. In 2 Chronicles 18, verse 16, we read this. Then he said, I did see Israel scattered, scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. There's still God's sheep out there, folks. We were talking about this Friday night with James and Brother Mike. When the last sheep is called, there's no reason. There's nothing left but for the Lord to return in all of His glory and gather all of us up together that are still here and spend eternity in heavenly bliss with Him. verse I just read for you, scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. That was my life at one time. I'll bet that was yours too. That's what my life was like before the Lord called me, wandering about, thinking that I was on a road of my own choosing, making my own destiny. The world was mine for the taking. I was just too lazy to take it. The word shepherd implies one who is a caretaker. One who will lead the flock to green pastures. Look at verse 20 and 21 of Hebrews chapter 13. The writer is expressing a prayer for his people now. The God of peace. Folks, there's only one peace. And again, we're not talking about the world around us That's always going to be in chaos. It's always going to wax worse and worse. It's never going to get any better. We may have what we think is peace out there for a little while, but really turmoil is boiling. We're talking about the God of peace spiritually. Spiritual peace. Peace that doesn't have to work for salvation. Peace that rests in the works of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the very one who raised up our Lord Jesus. I know the Lord Jesus raised Himself. He laid down His life. He took it up again. But God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one God. brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect. That word also means complete. In every good work to do His will. I was asked... John, don't you want to do God's will? I made a statement that something that didn't go according to plan, according to the plan that 
some humans had made, and I was one of those humans, that, well, it's done. It's the Lord's will. It was what it was. And that kind of offended a person that I was talking to. All right, don't you have any desire to do God's will? Yes, I do. And, and I want to go about doing God's will according to His Word as much as I can, but I know that after everything's done and said and finished, it is according to His will. We could have done a lot of things to avoid being attacked on September 11th in 2001. Did I get the dates right on that? I think so. We could have done some things different. But in the end, it was God's will exactly what happened. It was His purpose. He's God of everything. Including our choices. What, God doesn't give us a choice? Sometimes God allows us to make the wrong choice. What we might think is the wrong choice. Now I'll bring up this. Brought it up before. Jonah. We all know that Jonah was told to go and preach to Nineveh, and instead he ran from the Lord. That's the exact words God uses in His Word. Jonah ran from the Lord. And he went down and he got on a ship, and he went out into a ship, and storms welled up, and the people uh, who whose God have we offended? And it turned out Jonah came forth and said, it was mine, you know, it was me, throw me overboard, and a fish ate him. He swallowed up by a fish. Was that God's purpose? Absolutely. Was it for the good of His people? Absolutely. Did Jonah enjoy it? Absolutely not. Talks about how he was in turmoil and, and afraid. The weeds were wrapping around his neck. The water was splashing over his head. He was frightened beyond anything you and I could imagine. God help us. Now I want you to read these verses next, these, these verses here in verse 21 very, very carefully. And think about how this applies to you. We may have forgotten the other words first, so I'm going to back up again and read it again. Verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect, complete, in every good work to do His will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In Psalms 80 verse 1 we read this. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. Remember Joseph? Joseph had a little problem with his brothers. His brothers weren't happy about the fact that he was the youngest and his father Jacob loved him more than the rest. So they turned on him. 
Imagine what that would have been like if your brothers would turn on you and throw you in a pit. And then instead of killing you, instead of ending your life, ending your misery, they decide, no, you know what? We don't want the blood to be on our hands. We'll sell you to these Ishmaelites and they can do whatever they want with you. And they take you down to Egypt and, and you get thrown in a prison down there. And, and, you, and then some lady, some lady of a ruler decides that she wants you physically and, and you run from her and you go to prison anyway. Oh, shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock, that thou dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Shine forth, O shepherd of Israel. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to shine forth our Lord when we're in the deepest pit that anybody could put us in. Because whatever pit you put me in in this world, it can't be as dark as the pit that I was in before He called me. It can't be any deeper, any worse than the pit that we all walked in at one time. psalmist writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Now many know of the great shepherd. They've heard of Jesus. Many have what is called a zeal for Christ. But they go about walking in their own imaginary righteousness rather than resting. Resting in their shepherd, the very one who leads them in all of their walk. Not just the walk of good times, but the walk of tribulation. The walk of turmoil in our own flesh, in our own soil, our own soul. Paul, writing to the Romans, he said, Brother, in chapter 10, verse 1, he said, Brother, my heart's desire, brethren, my heart's desire. This is the prayer that the writer of Hebrews is saying. Now the God of peace that brought again the dead of our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting Jehovah, make you perfect. Brethren, Paul writes, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. No, not according to the knowledge of Scriptures, the knowledge of truth. They have a knowledge of their own, a knowledge of the flesh. Then it says in verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's exactly where you and I were at one time. But by His grace, by His love for us, he calls us out of that darkness we once walked in. Into His marvelous light as, it said, as we read in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Folks, the devils know of Christ. They knew who He is. But they know nothing of the mercy and the grace of God for His people. 
Have you come to torment us? It's before our time. They know that they're going to get what they deserve. Because there is no grace for them. There is grace for God's people. God's sheep. And that's why I like being a sheep. <laughs> There's grace for me. I've mentioned before, salvation is, an ex is a personal experience of the heart. One who has been loved from before the world was by God our Creator shall be born again. Shall be given a new heart. Some may wonder, as Nicodemus did, well, how can that be? How can one enter into their mother's womb? Oh, my dear friends, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We read in John chapter 3, verses 6-8, through 8, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Our Lord said to Nicodemus, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. And then he says this. Now, folks, this statement takes all the power out of man. Who has power over the wind out there? We think we put these big windmill things up there and that we're taking power from the wind. Have you ever noticed that those things only blow when the wind is blowing? They only turn when the wind is blowing? We don't have any power over the wind. I find it funny that we'll put a whole bunch of them up somewhere and then all of a sudden God takes the wind out of that area. Go over to Fairfield. You'll see what I'm talking about. Used to be people who lived over there says it was blowing wind all the time over here until they brought these things in. Now we ain't got no wind at all. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And now here's the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, we read these words, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. In Colossians 2, verse 13, we read it this way, And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of the flesh, of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Oh, folks, that's our shepherd. That's because of what He has done. God became a man for you and I. This is the great love of the shepherd for His sheep. He became a man so that He could go to that cross and die for His people. For us, that He would take all of our sins imputed to Him and take them into the grave where, the, where God Almighty would see them no more. When one who has had that old stony heart, that rebellious heart removed and cast away, Christ moves in and He creates a new man in us. A new flask to hold new wine. Those for whom God the Father gave God the Son will call the Lord Jesus my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We turn all of our cares and wants over to Him. That's why we can sing that song simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way. Even when my faith is small, 
trusting Jesus. That is all. No matter how weak we get, we can turn to Him and say, Ah, the Father, I need You. We put all of our trust in Him. You know, turn over to the 23rd Psalm and let's read that together. I know those of you who were with us Friday night read it. It, it bears repeating. All of God's Word bears repeating. So let's read this together. Psalms 23. Can you call the Lord your shepherd? When you go through the tough times of this world, of this, of this flesh that we go through, can you say, Lord, you are my shepherd? Guide me through this. Give me strength to come out the other side, glorifying you. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The green pastures is the work of our Savior. The still waters is the peace that we receive in leaning upon our Lord for all of our needs. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That's the same thing as saying He leads me in His righteousness. It's not a righteousness for John's John's name's sake. It's a righteousness for my Lord's sake. For His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's explaining the world that we walk in. It is a world of death for all those who the Lord will pass by all of those who are left to their own understanding, all of those who are left to their own works, the very world that you and I have earned and deserve, yet by the grace of God it becomes a shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me, Thy rod, Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness will be mine. In the times of chaos and turmoil that surround me in this world, surely goodness be mine. Peace. May the God of peace make me perfect in every good work to do His will. I was reminded last night that our God as the sovereign ruler of all it is, what have I to worry about? You think this man before you is any more than that? I know how easy it is to think that of men. I too know what it means to put a man on a pedestal. God's preachers, folks, are no more than any one of you 
We are just men saved by grace just as you are. I don't know how to say this any other different way than just to come right out and say it. You know, somebody, somebody once told, and I'm sure you've had people tell you this before too, you know, don't, don't share your weaknesses with the people. Make you look weak. Don't fool the people with so much, so some so-called strength that you might have within yourself. If I don't share my weaknesses with you, God forbid that you might think something else of me. Paul was very much afraid of that very thing. That's why he tells us that. God gave him a thorn in his side, Satan, to buffet him. That he might not think more of himself and that others might not think more of him also. I had to be reminded that this is just a man of flesh. The message must be from God. If you're hearing something today, it must be from the Lord, not from John. John is nothing. John is as the uh, uh, John the Baptist. I must decrease and he must increase. And that's not an easy thing to swallow. Those of you who have a little bit of pride in yourselves, and don't tell me some of you don't, I know you do because I do. It's fleshly. It's part of the flesh. We have a little pride in ourselves. I'm not such a bad person. Folks, there is no righteousness in this flesh. We must look to our Savior and I'm going to tell you right now, He will bring you to do so if you belong to Him. That's why Paul says, I can can glory in my infirmities. Because he knows they're from the Lord to teach him the weakness of his flesh and look to the only strength there is and that's to our Savior. We must turn all of our cares over to Him. Over to our Shepherd. And here's the great thing about doing that. Our God cannot make an error. He's perfect in everything. What I look at as being an error, what I look at as maybe, you know, like like Jonah, you know, oh man, I made such a mistake. I should have done what God told me to do. No. God led him exactly where He wanted him. And even what I think in my own heart is an error, at the end of all things, when it's all said and done, my Lord's purpose was done.
My Lord does everything right. Our text said this, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will. Folks, there's no perfection here in John. There's no imperfection in any of that flesh that you're walking around in. Our perfection is in Him. To do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom glory be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now mark your text here in uh, Hebrews and uh, go over to Matthew chapter 25 for a moment. Matthew chapter 25. Christ the Lord is a great shepherd indeed. As the God-man could He be anything less than the greatest shepherd there? Listen to the words of Isaiah 40 verse 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand. Did you know that Jesus Christ has all power in heaven and earth and under the earth? All power. Strong hand. And His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him and His work before Him. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with His arm and carry them in His bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. In Jeremiah 31, verses 10-12, through 12, we read this, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the land, from the land, from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord, for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd. And their souls shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. The Lord of all creation does as He sees fit. And what He does is right and pure and righteous in every way. And that includes choosing of His elect. His people. Are you with me in Matthew? Chapter 25. Look at verses 31-34. through 34. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. Our shepherd has been caring for us from the beginning. Fulfilling every desire of His purpose. 
every purpose of his desire. I said that backwards. And it's being fulfilled in his son. Now turn over to John chapter 10. And while you're turning there, in Ephesians chapter 1, he tells us we were predestinated from the foundation of the world. Folks, our shepherd cannot fail. He's been doing it from before the world was. I ask you this morning, do you believe? This is His Word. Do you believe His Word? The Lord Jesus is the way and the truth, and no man cometh unto Him but by the Father. And our Lord gives us a parable here to to be an example to us. Look at verse 1 of chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth... um, He that entereth in not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now that's talking about those who don't come according to God's will, and God's will is coming by grace. Being called by grace. Through faith. But he that entereth, verse 2, that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, and for they know not the voice of strangers. Now look over at verse 6 through 18. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then he said, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am calm that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scatter the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now, I want to go over and close with 1 Peter chapter 2, or chapter 2 verse 11. brought you through all of that to make sure 
that we laid down the picture that God gives through His Scripture, and that is Christ is Lord of all. And as the great shepherd of His sheep, He is Lord of everything. He may remove His hand slightly and allow us to step in something like a large fish. But He's still our Lord. And He's still our shepherd taking care of us all the way through. Jonah is now with the Lord in heaven. The Lord did not leave him to that disastrous moment when the fish swallowed him up. He taught him the lesson that salvation is of the Lord, not of man. And when he learned that lesson according to God's purpose, God spit, had the fish spit him out on dry land. And he was able to go forth and sing praises unto his Savior. That's exactly what he did when he went on to Nineveh. Salvation is of the Lord. You know, if that's all you ever say, if that's all you ever say to anybody that the Lord crosses your path with, you're singing the praises to our Savior. There's a lot of people out there who want to say, well, I started following the Lord in 1966 or when I was 20 or whatever time that they want to say that they started following the Lord. God's children say, salvation is of the Lord. That's singing praises. That's giving the praise to Him who deserves it. Look at verse 11 through the end of chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. I don't know if we'll read all the way through the end. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. Folks, I beseech you. I cry out to you to go about your days that the Lord gives you on this earth and sin not. Just as the Lord instructed that woman who was caught in adultery. Go about your days and be holy, for our God is holy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Did you notice that it says abstain? That's like saying, go fight against it. Fight the good fight. Does that mean you're going to win every time? That depends on the Lord. If the Lord allows you, but if the Lord, if you go to the Lord for strength, He'll answer your prayers. When you get out on the knees in the closet and you cry out unto the Lord for the sin that's besetting you, Lord, I need help. He will help. He hears our cries. We don't have to do it for 200 years. He hears them now. Having your verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. 
Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man the Lord, for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king as the supreme, or unto the governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of, flesh, of, of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servants of God. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good of the Gentile, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if the man... If a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when, if, it, if when ye are buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto where ye called, because Christ also suffered unto us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed unto himself to him that judges righteously, who is his own self, bear, who, in his, who, he, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. In Ephesians chapter 1, he tells us that we were predestinated. Wait a minute, I've already read that one. <clears throat> Folks, we are just as the, uh, as the goats at one time. Sheep, we have always been, yes, but acting as goats going astray from our Creator. Who makes us to differ one from another? The one who made me to differ is my great shepherd. The very one who will guide me and keep me. Jesus Christ the Lord, I am Thine, O Lord. Lead me in Thy ways. Amen.